Hey, welcome to the 28th episode of the We All Serve podcast. I am back with my brother, Angel Torres, back for yet another fun conversation. And yeah. no, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. This one's going to be Me good. Too. Me yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's not like, saying that the past few have not been good, but this is like freaking awesome. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, we we invited the uh, the NFL superstar into our, our podcast. And have you have you ever met our guest? Because I get to hang out with you. Yeah, if you ever met our our guest, our next our guest today, he's like he looks like he just played in the NFL. He is an absolute monster of a man and just the sweetest guy. It's just unbelievable. Well, that's a perfect place for me to say that if you are just listening to this conversation, then you probably should get on YouTube because we actually aired these episodes live. And you can find this conversation on YouTube as well. Make sure you click subscribe, share. Um, but if you are watching on YouTube, I guarantee you that fancy smartphone, because I'm assuming that our listeners are all very advanced and do not have flip phones anymore. Um, so you probably have an app on your phone called uh, like Apple Podcasts or maybe like Google Play. And make sure you're finding WheelSurf and clicking subscribe, share, rate, and review. Um, because we are having some pretty awesome conversations um, where we are talking about leadership lessons learned from veterans, but also talking about some of the stuff that veterans go through all of the time. And, um, you know, Angel, so, I mean, you and I, we we like to make fun of each other a lot. You, yeah. I'm looking at your text to me as of about like 10 minutes ago. And I won't quote it exactly, but you were making fun of some of my army stuff. And trust me, I can make fun of some some fun of your Navy stuff. But. I would hope so. I would hope so. We love each other. End of the day, we're brothers. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And and we were talking earlier in the week about the structure of the podcast and 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 the the vision and the mission that we all serve. There's a lot of podcasts out there that are great and they, they talk about all the good things and and highlight and you know, we're just awesome and keep keep on keeping on. But reality is, you know, we go through a lot of struggles and a lot of tough things. And what I and what we discussed, uh, our listeners um, could provide value to them is talk about some of the things that we have. We struggle and we have a hard time with because, you know, my, my life isn't perfect. Your life isn't perfect. And we're going through things every day. And luckily, I have people like you and like a lot of our guests that I can reach out to and say, hey, man, what do you think? Like uh, the, the PPE thing, you know, I, I, I was uh, someone approached me about you know, leveraging my veteran status to sell PPE to the government or federal contracts, getting bid preferential. And you're like, Angel, that doesn't really sound right. Maybe you should talk to one of my buddies. And I talked to one of your friends, uh, Jordan, who was awesome. And it, I, I got to tell you the exact conversation. I, I explained to him, you know, the guy wanted to acquire my company as a holding company and, and all this other stuff. And, and I explained it to, to Jordan. And Jordan says, yeah, man, we hear that all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah, it's called fraud. Yeah, run from that dude. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you I know like, oh network, gosh. and the, the Jordan. Um, I mean, he's one of my closest and dearest friends. Um, Jordan is not has not put the uniform on, but that's you know he told me the text exchange between he and I was I told him about you, and he said basically, hell yeah, of course I'm going to talk, and of course, and it's that network and those conversations, but. You know, Angel, my life, I'm, I'm like Mary Poppins, like practically perfect in every way. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, Angel, I agree with you 100%. The reality is, is that there's a lot of tough stuff that happens. And I, I think that what we are going to try to share is that life isn't perfect, 
but also life isn't in the dumps. Right. And and the reality is that through perseverance, um, really, in, in there's so many solutions that are out there. And I mean, that, that's like the story of all of the guests that we've had. They're all willing to share. That's the common theme: is they're all willing to share. And they're all they're all continuing to serve. Hence, the and answer the, show, the mail and support and support us. You know, there's nothing. I, I, we've known each other not that long, and 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 the 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 relationship we've built. In such a short time is is very very uh, um, very serious and 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 I trust you with 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 everything. You know, I told you about something was going on in my business. Like, dude, I'm really worried about this. I'm losing sleep over this. And to be able to have resources and and for our listeners and our viewers, please please realize that we are all accessible. You know, uh, uh, and and you know, link click online if you have a question while we're streaming. Ask questions. We want we want you to be a part of this. We want this to be an interactive uh, uh, discussion and form a forum for our listeners and our viewers. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. As we as we stream this spot on, um, folks can chime in. And the goal is to have these discussions with about the issues that that matter. Um, and life is not perfect. Um, I I will give a shout out right now, and without going into too much detail. Um, I know of uh, of folks, uh, veterans, um, especially in the reserve and guard, um, that struggle with their civilian employment. And folks don't know this: that sixty percent of the armed forces are reserve components, yep. um, are reserve um, soldiers, airmen, sailors, and um, and and it is very challenging. I can tell you firsthand. It is very, very challenging to, to live that dual life. And as I always say, try to be exceptional at both things that you do. So I'm very, very proud of my involvement. I'm on the executive committee of the Illinois ESGR, the Employer Support of the Garden Reserve, which is a Department of Defense program. And I'm very, very proud of my leadership in that area. And, and I want to shout it through the rooftops to say, whether you have served or not, Look up ESGR. Get involved if you're if you own a business. Sign a statement of support. If you are a service member and have questions about your rights, your USERRA rights, reach out. And if you want to volunteer, I mean, again, I emphasize we all serve. If you want to volunteer and you want to step up, definitely ESGR. I cannot say it highly enough. Step up, get involved. So, yeah. Uh, but life is not perfect. I've gone through some very challenging situations, um, and I know many of the folks, service members. Uh, from all branches that I've interacted with have gone through similar challenges. Yeah, reservists get get hammered by a, a lot of their employers, and everybody sits there and says, how could that happen? How could employers do it? It's illegal. It's federal against the law. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> you get passed up for promotions. You get laid off. You just All these things happen, and they're banking on veterans not having the resources or the tenacity or the courage to step forward and do something with legal action. And then the, they think that the veterans don't have the resources or the lawyer or the, the the will to go find a lawyer and they'll find another job and and it's just it's just a horrible horrible thing that companies would do that and not all companies do that but there are out there there are companies out there that just um they don't get it and they're not really uh adhering to the the laws yep that's that's exactly it so uh i am uh let's let's jump right in and let's uh, laws let's talk to a lawyer let's let's talk to our guest who's a lawyer and many other things that sounds fun. Let's do it. So I'm going to bring him here. There he is. David Rader is here. Um, and this is a real treat to uh, to have this conversation. Um, I know, uh, Angel, you've been uh, trying to schedule this for a little while, so I'm excited that we 
we made this happen. Um, Angel, do you want to take the lead on uh, introducing your friend? I don't have his bio in front of me. You have it. I just I, say, I, this is my buddy Dave. This is Dave Rader. He works at Office of Secretary. He's the Deputy yeah. Director of Office of Secretary of Defense. Uh, he worked at Ernst & Young for a while. He was a manager there, and he did some financial stuff and, and trading and all kinds of stuff there. And then now he infantrymen, does infantrymen in the United States army. Oh yeah. He was in the army too. Yeah. That, excuse me. That goes at the top of the list over there. <laughs> and, um, Please. and it, absolutely. And, and, and David, it's, it's really, a, it's a pleasure as, uh, as Angel was just saying, um, you've been involved in a lot of things and not only in your professional capacity, but I know that you also have been a volunteer uh, as a mentor and instructor with many veteran service organizations, which ties into what we were just talking about, um, specifically focusing on service member transition and, and career transformation. So thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for all of your service. Um, so welcome to the program. Welcome to We All Serve. Yeah, yeah, good to be here, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I, uh, I'm going to do the, now that I'm a federal employee, I, uh, I'm going to do the boring disclosure and say all these opinions are my own, uh, not reflective of my employer. And uh, all right, now we can get to it. Boring. We, we've been lawyerized. Yeah, exactly. I'm protecting myself. See, I told you. I told you. Yeah, never take that hat off. You just can't shake it. So. Yeah, well, when you're around Angel, you need attorneys. So I'll just say that. Yeah, that's true. That's or, bail, true. or bail money. Yeah, yeah, both. Well, no, it's good to be here. Thanks. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, it's crazy. I was working on an application for a thing the other day, and I was writing out. I was like, I've graduated over 400 veterans through Four Block, one of the nonprofits. And I was like, ah, I sound old. And then I think about all the ones I've worked with through Veterati or just on my own, or, you know, Angel knows a guy who's trying to get to DC, or I know a girl who's trying to get to Chicago, and just those interactions. It's got me in the thousands now. And I just feel like we've done so little. That's a crazy part. I'm, you know, as I sit here and think about all the all the amazing people that we serve with and all the ones that, you know, you constantly hear companies or employers be like, oh, we need good people. We need problem solvers. We need people who, you know, don't mind sweating and, and just getting in there and, you know, digging and fill up sandbags, you know, in the career sector. Um, uh, you know, I feel like we've helped a lot, but there's so many more to help and there's so much more to be done. So, uh, yeah, happy to, happy to keep the conversation going always. Yeah, it's hard to measure how you move that needle, and especially when you're you're deep in it. And yeah. uh, uh, it's just I know from Four Block alone. I mean, that's how we met through Four Block. And and if you could go into what Four Block is real quick and uh, explain it, but I'll just tell you that the network and the camaraderie and the um, education we received was definitely priceless. I, I was lucky to go through it with Mike Pat, who was fantastic. I think he's yeah. with uber right now so he's the head of veteran programs with uber but can you tell us a little bit about four block yeah of course yeah so mike abrams uh awesome guy he, he's a founder marine veteran got out uh was going to columbia uh new york city for grad school and the veterans program there it was good but it was more of like a beer club and he said you know i'm sitting there with a lot of really smart folks and you know, masters in finance mba whatever you know geopolitical ranger sf seal blah 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 he said we're all sitting there and and we're not we're not interacting with all the leadership in the city around us. You know, we're we're trying to get jobs at Citibank and Goldman, and everybody's getting rejected. And he said, "But we have all the things they're looking for. So why don't we?" But and so he said he started working with his colleagues. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm, I'm capturing the gist. He's like, "You know, start working with these guys and looking at their resumes, and it's you know, 503rd Air you know, you know Battalion this, and I commanded 26 operational." L and he's like, "Wait, dude!" So he said he grabbed a bunch of these resumes and took them over to friends at Goldman, and they're like. Yeah, no offense, man. I have no clue what your boys are talking about here. Like, 
you know, I, I get what a kernel is because I watched, you know, Saving Private Ryan, so that's good. But <laughs> what do you do? And, um, and Mike was like, yeah, you're right. So we started trying to build this, like, academic uh, curriculum and framework around it. You brought Lauren in on that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Lauren Spencer. Uh, Schultz Carnes. Uh, is it Schultz Carnes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's been a minute since I've thought about her. Uh, she's a great, great person. Yeah, brought a bunch of people actually to like an academic framework. So now, and I'm making up numbers here, but four blocks in 17, 18 cities. It's a nonprofit. You know, it's free for all the veterans. Uh, each cohort somewhere between 20 and 40. We do two a year. We can expand to three a year in most of the big cities. And it's completely funded by donations from big corporations. But it's actually a huge cost savings to the corporations because um, – and again, I'm making numbers here and I hate to do that. But, you know, when I was at EY, they said it costs like $35,000 to bring in a new employee, like a skilled employee in recruiting. And I said, well, geez, just, you know, a just a session cost, not salary, just a session cost. No, no. Just bring in one employee to get one Angel Torres from recruiting to HR to management to bring you on. It costs a firm 35000 regardless of your, your salary. Right, so right. You look right. at a company. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. So you look at a company like EY who hires, I don't know, whatever, 100 veterans a year. Let's say 80 of them are mid-market. I mean, you're, you know, millions of dollars in costs. So if you were to donate $30,000 to Four Block, and I can hand deliver you 30, you know, grad degree holding TSSCI, and it goes all, you know, goes from E1 to O10. But I just mean, you know, that the companies get their money worth. I'll put it that way. Great, great. So, so David, I, I, you know, Angel always like gets he he likes the flashy, shiny objects, and he he looks at sort of the here and now. I want to go back. To, I want to go back to like it must have been like a year or two ago that you decided to like enlist in the army or something like that. It's probably just like a couple days ago or something like that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, a, a minute ago, I guess. Who but, are we um, interviewing, Shalom or Dave? <laughs> Dave. Oh, okay, so, Dave. Okay. <laughs> so, why did why did you join the army? Yeah, good question. Uh, I was born in Laguna Beach, California. I used to have long, beautiful hair. It's since abandoned me. Uh, good parents. Yeah, well, actually, I realized I'm probably doing the best out of the three. I don't know what that says about me. Um, but no, yeah, good parents. I just, I I was tired of fluorescent lighting in high school. I was like in the library one day and I was like, I want to go outdoors. Uh, coupled with being on the wrong track. I think uh, if I had gone to undergrad out of out of high school, I would have been like a seven-year frat boy without a grad degree. And uh, I need somebody to put me on the right path. And it turns out drill sergeants will do that real quick. So there I was. I didn't know you were enlisted. Dude, all the time I know you, I didn't know you you, you were going to enlisted. I thought yeah. you, know, you were. Yeah, yeah, right out of high school. I graduated in July, whatever. And I was in, at, you know, basic inventing a few days, a few days later as a E2, E3, somewhere in there. Wow. Yeah. Private snuffy. Yeah, yeah, baby face, just not knowing how salute. Right? You, you had the head of hair like us, probably going through basic training. Well, yeah, yeah, that was a violent experience. I, uh, you know, you're on the bus. I flew to Atlanta at like 11. You're on the bus down. It's all beautiful trees, and you know, you sit there, and then they just come in, they start mohawking you, and it's uh, shark attack, shark attack. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, 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 David, it's. Uh, I always ask this question of our guests. Um, what is either your, who can you point to, you know, best friend, favorite mentor through your time in uniform? Yeah, good question. Uh, two people. I had a squad leader, Will Samuelson, who is just a superhuman. Uh, he, he is a trigger puller and he was proud to be one, but he brought, 
brought that warrior out in me that I think I've held on to for better or for worse. And then I had a company commander, Jay Gentile, uh, also superhuman, who who took me under his wings. And I and I joke, but I'm kind of serious. And if Jay called today and was like, "Hey, man, I'm going back in. We're gonna go, you know, whatever, invade Afghanistan or do something. Would you join?" I'd probably quit my job and go with him. That's how much he uh, meant to me. But uh, yeah, Will Samuelson uh, also taught me how to flip the switch. And I mean that in the um, where at work, if something went wrong, he would smoke us and just he was terrible to us. And the second work stopped, he'd flip the switch and say, "Come on over for a barbecue." Um, you know, and he, he he would bring it back to where you learn from him that you know at times you're you're wrong, but you got to fix it. But you can move forward and grow from it and develop and and still be good friends. And so having that 360 degree, 24 hour relationship, um, I, I try to take a lot of those leadership lessons with my folks now too. Where I'll say, "Listen, for like 10 seconds, I'm going to get nasty because you screwed up." But the second we're done, we're going to flush it and we're, we're on to the next thing and it's behind us. That's awesome. How does someone go from, I mean, because you have such a unique path. First of all, do you, you you knew enough to know that dude, there's no way I need to be in college. To being someone with, with multiple graduate degrees, a JD, and now you're pursuing an MBA. And uh, Matt, you just finished up a master's in finance from Johns Hopkins. And I think you have another master's degrees in public, yeah. uh, public something. Um, yeah, I got it. yeah, yeah, and and just going to this, you don't call yourself an academic, but eh, you kind of fit the mold. <laughs> and 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 your journey through that, and then into EY handling for uh, foreign investments, and and now with off Secretary of Defense, you're doing foreign investments. That is not a guy who just dropped out of high, you know, not dropped out, but barely graduated high school, graduated high school to where you are now. And how did that happen? And how did the Army help you with that? Yeah, you know, I'll be the first to say I, I got more out of the army than it ever got out of me. Um, you know, and I, I, it's a good question, but I would say I, so I, I was very fortunate in my time in the army. My first duty station, well, you know, Benning and Airborne School and all that, but then it was Fort Lewis, Washington. I was only there for six months before I got sent over to Germany. Uh, I was late eight, no, I was about 19. I think I just turned 19. I was in Germany. And I remember we did a cross training thing with the Germans. And they would peel off at lunch to like go get a beer as part of their culture. And then you know you leave post. That's beautiful. And, I know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I could not have balanced the two, but no, I just go to go see Europe and, and kind of started piecing together. I, I became curious as like what made people tick and why were they different than me? Not in a judgmental way, just an observation of like, well, the the French and the Americans at noon do different things, and why is that? And I think it really sparked curiosity in me. So it was a. Uh, you know, unintended plan for the army, but it created this great uh, intellectual pursuit in me that uh, that that's a niche I haven't scratched. Um, but also to bring it back to this pragmatism, because I, you know, I always remember the joke in the army was like the manuals. What do they say? It was like written at third grade level because you have to teach the lowest common denominator. And I and I try to carry that forward with my my career. I hate the way when people speak at a very lofty academic level and you don't even know what they're saying. Um, so I, I, I try to relate that that core knowledge into just saying something so any person off the street can figure it out. There's a thing in, in law called like promissory estoppel. And what that means is if I, Angel, I promise you a job and you quit your job and you move here where you're detrimentally reliant, blah, blah. Like that's a very complicated way to say, don't screw people over by making fake promises or, or empty promises. And so I try to talk the latter, but know the former. Yeah, in a business sense, everything is is value proposition, stakeholder, return on investment. I'm like, dude, just be a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't hurt me off. Yeah. Yeah. 
client comes first. I mean, it's obvious, man. Don't break the law. Exactly. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so what does the, I mean, Angel gave the, the high level bio, but you're a deputy director at the office of the secretary of defense. So what, what does that mean? What do you do? Yeah, yeah, good question. So we have a 70 person shop. Um, so I'm a GS 15, step 10, that whole thing. My boss is an SES like two or three. He's like a three star. Uh, very, very great guy. Also enlisted. Uh, it's nice to see us at the top of the stack. Uh, we're briefing like two stars and call, and they're like, hey, sir. And I'm like, oh, what's up, dude? Uh, no, funny uh, how that turned. But um, yeah, no, so we so we're members of CFIUS, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States. So whenever foreign direct investment comes into the U.S. to try to buy a company, we have to review it and remove, mitigate, or, well, out the national security risk and or block the deal if necessary. So not trying to pick on them, but the Chinese, if they try to buy a cool widget manufacturer and that widget ultimately ends up in a satellite or something in healthcare, we think, eh, what were they? what are they going to do with this? Do we want them to have it? It's our job to work with the stakeholders across government as well as in the community, um, you know, the commercial community. So widget makers we would talk to and figure out what that really means. So that's a big picture. The small picture is I run basically our economic security group. So we're interested in uh, macroeconomic trends, where the world's moving and how we can position the United States in a better spot in the uh, global power competition. And then lastly, I work a bit with special programs. And so we have some cool things that we do too within the OSD. It sounds like a vulner, almost like a vulnerabilities uh, uh, play. Like um, you don't, you look at in investments that the United States would make in defense, so that it doesn't put us in a position that if they shut down the supply chain or provided a substandard product, that it would compromise our our strategic strength. Yeah, absolutely. And so we, yeah, defense. Like Boeing, like if Boeing made a a, a, a jet. And the jet had a little a little cog in it that was made by China. And you know what what is the risk? If can we get other suppliers? Are they doing bad stuff? Are they doing good stuff? And you basically are the, the last line of defense, and I'm making those kind of decisions. Yeah, absolutely. That's a per perfect description. Um, and the thing is, too, we try to view it not in uh, try to view it over like time series. The problem is, as we view stuff today, that's not the world we're going to live in in 10, 20, 30, 40 yeah. years. So I also run our 1237 program section 1237 it's a law that was put into place in 1999 that's uh, for us to list chinese entities that we would potentially sanction because they're contributing to the growth of the pla but i only say that the people's liberation army the chinese military and i only say that to say it's funny because when you read the law in 1999 it is very different it is it is looking for their version of like boeing and, and raytheon and lockheed but what we've seen with military civil fusion of course is that's uh, evolved into now where Tencent and Alibaba and different companies. And you're saying, well, how do you know, you guys aren't making missiles, but you're making widgets that they still use for their security apparatus or that could hurt us. And the more we give you, you know, if we're lowering their costs, if they want to buy a U.S. company, it makes it cheaper for them. Well, ultimately that allows them to reallocate those resources, resources to somewhere else that could advance something else that we don't really want them to have. And, uh, and that goes are, we, are we leveraging ourselves? Are we leveraging ourselves with a foreign government that could use that leverage as an opportunity to weaken our position? Right. And, and how does that work? You know, now bring in Thailand and bring in our allies in France, you know, what does that mean for them? And, and so figuring those things Fascinating. out. Yeah. 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 That's wild. So, David, you've done a lot of interesting things. Again, you starting infantry, going to Fort Benning. We talked about that, enlisting the army, and then and then dot dot dot. 
you've done a lot of things. Then you come to the to the office of the Secretary of Defense and you're back in the world of service. So first of all, did you was this part of your plan or did this how did how did all this come come to be and and tell us your story? Yeah, yeah. So Army for four years, got out, went to undergrad, went to South Africa for a year playing rugby. I played pretty seriously in college. Um writing was on the I mean I'm six four, two forty, still pretty darn quick. So sure, I told you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the people that are watching, I don't I know, you kind of tell, but oh my God. Yeah. I visited Dave in yeah. DC and I was going to, we went to a bar to get a drink and I was like, dude, I'm still picking a fight somewhere in this bar and Dave's going to get my back. It's going to be great. Uh, but yeah. that's, that's, that's <laughs> you think so, Angel, but that's not like a given. And I mean, come on. No. No, no, I would have, I don't want to get hit in the face ever again. I'm out. <laughs> well, you're on your own, buddy. He was scrappy though. He would have been fine. He would have been fine. <laughs> I'm spry. I'm wiry. Wiry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so rugby um got injured. I was I came home to get shoulder surgery because it got all mangled. And my dad's like, hey buddy, listen, you're 25 chasing the ball on the grass field for a living. Like, go get a job. I said, all right, fine. It's over. Like, do you think you're gonna make money off of this? I said, no. He said, All right, we'll go learn to read and write, dude. Said, all right, fine. So I applied to law school, went to law school. Um, traditional law didn't interest me, uh, contracts and all that kind of stuff. It sounds cool from, if you watch like suits, you see Harvey Specter, but when you see what you actually do, it's not that sexy. Uh, it's like kind of, we always joke the video games for the army instead of like, you know, going to Afghanistan with the, you know, Delta instead, you should just be like cleaning your weapon for the arms room or like sweeping the hallway. So, you know, it's kind of like that with law. So then uh, got pulled into the RAND Corporation. And so I spent a year at the RAND Corporation, both while in law school and then after, uh, working on CFIUS there, modeling out foreign direct investment trends, national security risk, and emerging tech. Then I got pulled into the Pentagon to DPA Title III. That's their venture capital fund. was there for a year. Liked it, didn't love it. I kind of wanted to go see what the real the private sector was like. Got recruited in JP Morgan. Uh, was a vice president of the investment bank there for a year and a half. Uh, then got recruited Ernst & Young, spent a year and a half there, almost two years there in um, uh, transaction advisory services, uh, looking at global macroeconomic trends, and then got pulled back into the Pentagon. Um, so, I, you know, it's a very nice marriage between understanding military, law, you know, finance, and, and kind of how they all intersect. And, and I'll be quiet in a second here, but I, I, I view the world as a big Rubik's Cube, um, you know, not like six sides, but like a thousand. And the more sides you understand, this side's healthcare and the side's tech and the side's policy, you know, the more sides you understand, the, the easier it is for you to see how it all comes together. And so that kind of revolving door of experience I found to be invaluable. Yeah, there are guys that are like you. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I think we connected uh, with uh, Rodrigo Garcia, who's the deputy uh, director of treasury for the state of Illinois or deputy yep. treasurer, yeah, deputy treasurer. And, but before that, he was the chief investment officer. And I'm like, hmm. There's synergies here. They probably need to talk to each other. These guys need to talk to each other. Have you had a chance to connect with Drigo and everything? I, I did. We talked. Uh, this was right before the holidays. Had a great conversation. Another one of his colleagues. Actually, it was his. his he might have one level above him. There was somebody else on the line too. And we we explained what we're trying to do, which is help build the defense industrial base. Which is, it isn't. It's not polishing tanks. You know, at the G uh, the GM factory, the Ford factory in Michigan, like it was in the '40s. This is emerging tech. We want to get tech into. So if you have a company, let's say, uh, you know, whatever in California that says, hey, taxes are high. If you guys don't help us out, we're going to leave and go make this widget in Taiwan or in Sweden. I don't care where we're saying, well, hold on. Before you do that, 
What about if Illinois were to cut you a tax deal for 10 years, no corporate taxes, um, and that would be enough to offset the cost of moving so you guys can keep those jobs in the U.S.? Illinois gets new tax revenue. They get new employees. They get to be a better, greater state. And your company stays here, and then we can entrust it. We don't have to worry about it you know, being sold off. And so Rodrigo and I felt wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna start working on some try to structure some tax abatement program. I'm just like, dude, these are two of my drinking buddies. I just want to then hang out too and talk big people stuff. I don't want to look at tables because it makes my head hurt, but they can do it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's wild. That, that that's awesome. Also to hear about the collaboration that, that you have and the you know a lot of people think of governments and of basically being very bureaucratic and everything takes long to happen. And there's definitely some of that that happens, but um, it's, it's pretty awesome to see a people working together around, uh, around making a difference. I mean, you Rodrigo veteran, both veterans um, stepping up and, and finding ways to collaborate. There's that sort of brotherhood that's there, but then also just through your offices able to make a difference, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think we, to Angel's point, I mean, Angel and I are you know, distant brothers, uh, but that, nat that natural affinity in our friendship came from our military service. And I and I think Rodrigo and I had the same kind of like, oh, like you talk like I do. All right. You know, now we can, now we can talk about the rest of the stuff. That's exactly yeah. how it goes. Exactly yeah. how it goes. And, and to that point, what we started out the podcast with was some of the things that we struggle with, you know, uh, whether it be companies that aren't doing the right things by reservists or or veterans um, with their hiring. I went through people that try to prey upon I mean, I, I consider myself, very, you know, I can spell my name right most days. And, and you know, people prey upon me, you know, hey, man, you're in a veteran, you're in a veteran status and, and you know, we can get a special deal on PPE and sell it to the VA and all stuff. And I get preyed upon and I, you know, reach out to veterans to help me make not make bad decisions. How are some things that, that you feel like, man, I could have got that better. I could have did that better. Like maybe I need to tell people, you know, what they do, what look out for it. You know, every day like we have saying every day I endeavor to suck less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. What are some of the things yeah. you kind of deal with? You're like, man, I really wish I could have got that one right or something. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I, um, well, I guess I back up. I, I, I've stopped being a people pleaser. And I wouldn't say I ever was in that sense. Uh, you know, I still have a steel of sp spine of steel, if you will. But when I first showed up to banking, I was really focused in, in fitting the role of what I thought a banker was and what had been, you know, portrayed to me rather than being myself. And so I think I was a little, uh, a little amenable to sacrificing some of my own views and beliefs in the name of fitting into a role I'd thought. And instead of trying to shape the role from, from the experiences I've had, you know, whether it's personal or in the military or in school or whatever, and carry those forward. So um, I, I definitely would. Uh, and so that's part of the reason I left. It, there wasn't a good culture fit. Um, and I was trying to power through that. And then luckily I found a home again in DOD and I had, I had a good relationship to it. And I don't get me wrong. JP Morgan's a fantastic bank. I had a great experience. I just mean, you know, could I stay here 30 years? Was I ready to retire? And the answer was no, you know, um, and so getting back to DOD and going back to my roots, which for me is the mission. Um, and so, you know, now it's, I'm in an office where, where the mission is a sole primary focus. And eventually I will fatigue of that and I'll be interested in maybe something more dynamic, but yeah, so really being true to yourself, um, you know, vectoring in on what makes you tick, you know, what empowers you to get out of the bed in the morning, not like, Oh, I gotta go my job. Um, and then within my job itself, man, you know, I, 
I, this podcast would be 11 hours long if I was to tell you all the things I'd screwed up and I wish I had done better. Um, I guess the big ones right now are maybe a little more uh, pulling the trigger on stuff. Government's pretty collaborative and it's a good thing because um, there's a lot at stake and a lot of, you know, and a lot of, if you pull this lever, sure, this one goes up, this one goes down and you need to be aware of that. But sometimes, damn it, we talk too much and stuff just needs to get done. And corporates are guilty of that too. JP Morgan, oh, yeah. Jill was just people meeting. That's what JPM stood for. <laughs> and, and there are some days that was true. So got to get stuff so, Angel, our, our next podcast is going to be labeled the things that David Rader would, uh, we, we could we could start a series. It could be all of your mistakes. So the, Raider, the Raider series. Yeah. yeah. Kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I so was going to tell you. David, and I was going to tell David about what happened to me this week. And I had this 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 career lined up that they someone wanted me to interview for the vice president of um, uh, HR and diversity inclusion for this really large healthcare company. And I researched, I prepared, I I over prepared, and then I spoke with the CEO, and I went, uh, <laughs> and I'm a talkative son of a gun, and yeah. I went. And I started talking about like rainbows and unicorns and stuff. Like, oh, how did I do this? <laughs> yeah, that happens to the best of us, man. I know. I've been in those boats too. Two plus two, and you're like golf. And they're like, huh, interesting to take. Let's we'll call you. We'll call you. Thanks. Get right back to you. Yeah, exactly. So, Dave, I, I have two more questions. First one being, um, if you were to do everything all over again, both you know, army, career, things like that. Well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll say it differently. What advice would you have uh, to, to, to somebody like yourself, a young David Rader? What, yeah. where, where, where would you go? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, question. I'm going to open up my phone here and I hate to do this, but it's because I have a quote in here. That's like to succeed, jump as quickly at opportunities as you do at conclusions. And I, I think that is probably one of the most valuable pieces of advice I never knew. I've, I've been living it, but I've never done it. And that's anytime somebody gives you an opportunity that's either going to make you be at the bottom of a mess where you have to work your way out. It's going to introduce you to new people that you never should have or thought you would meet, or it's going to you know challenge you in a way or, or expose you to something you, you really had no interest in. You should go do it. And that's because you don't know what you like until you don't know what you don't like. And when you find out what you hate and things that don't make you tick, then it starts really narrowing in on the stuff you do. And so that's not to be said, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not a musician. And, and if you made me play a violin, a trumpet and a piano, I would still at the end of the day be like, I don't want to do this. So I get it. There are some things you can just instantly Kentucky windage. No, not for me, but career wise, you know, I, I'm not a healthcare guy. I'm not an IT guy. I'm not a blah, 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 but I don't actually know what they do. And unless I get, and if I get an opportunity to go, I should take it because A, it might maybe be better, better at something else, but B, I'd figure out like that's actually not truly for me and it can help me tighten my shot group on what I really like. So the moral of the story is uh, any opportunity that can challenge you, help you grow or, or get you moving in a new direction of either personal uh, you know, development or thought, go, go do it, especially when you're young. I'm going to do that as soon as I'm young. Next time around, I'm going to get that stuff. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a diehard optimist. I'm not one of those who thinks it's all roses and sunshine and all that. But, but yeah, you, you know, you've got a finite amount of time on this earth. You got to do something creative. The money will always come. The the right stuff will always come. You'll always figure those kind of things out, or you adjust to it accordingly. So, uh, but you'll never get those opportunities back. I view careers kind of like a spoke on a wheel. So if you go down this path of whatever aviation and you want to cross over and be a dentist, 
you can't just jump over. The only way to do that is to go back to center. And that's either through education or from starting at the bottom as like an intern. And as you get older, that gets tougher. So when you're younger, if you're getting out of the service and you're, you're 22 or you're whatever, 28, because you went as an officer and you're in 26, whatever the year is, and you, and you kind of have, all right, I've got five years of runway, go do a few different things as quickly as you can that are interesting to you. And that helps you kind of figure out which spokes you want to go down. And if you need to hit the reset button, go back to school and that pulls you back into center. But if you start down a path and then you're 45, you say, I hate this. I never want to do this again. It's, it's tough to scoot over. Okay, Angel, when we start the David Rader podcast, can we also create a line of merchandise? I want to put like three of the things you just said on bumper stickers and sell them. Are you okay. cool with like Angel and I going into business together and doing that? Yeah, man. They're all yours. We'll okay. just put it on a challenge coin. We'll have challenge coins with David Sings. That's right. <laughs> I, like that. all right, Angel, I, have, I have one more thing, but you, but, but you go. No, I, I that's he pretty much knocked out everything I, I was going to ask him. Um, except uh, when he's uh, president or secretary of defense, if he's going to tell me where the aliens are and uh, and, and what that's like. I, I just want to know if he's going to do that. Angel, actually, there's a story on that, and I'll, I'll get to it. There is a building within the Pentagon I recently discovered that some very clever SES had a sign made that says Alien Test Lab, and it's like in the second – it's not like the no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's like an accounting office, but somebody with a great sense of humor has it. Uh, I can't take a photo of it, but I, I promise you it's there. Next time you come to DC, I'll show it to you. On that note, I was just two days ago in Roswell, and it was it was seriously disappointing. I'm just saying. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. In, in your head, it's something like a little mini Disneyland, and really, it's like a weird restaurant and uh, yeah. like a store that sells a few chains. They all all the aliens got the Rona and they rolled out. I mean, seriously. Okay. So I, I was with somebody who I know is tuning in right now. I'm not going to name him, but I was with somebody and we were, we were going there and we went through the UFO spacewalk or something like that. And it was, it was like, okay, really cool, whatever. And then we tried to find a, I was kind of hoping that ET would serve me dinner. I was trying to find a place like that. That would be possible. And we couldn't find anything. We ended up going to Buffalo Wild Wings. Ah, uh, it's a safe alternative to alien food, but yeah. I'm calling it a win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was funny. But my last thing, David, just and, and sort of as we do with all of our guests, is you know, the common denominator are e e all people making a difference. And as we said, you you do it, you've done it through service, through your own service in, in the army. You've continued doing it, obviously, your service as uh as deputy director in the office of the Secretary of Defense, pretty awesome. But you've also done it by continuing to volunteer, continuing to help folks that have served. So are there any shout outs you want to make to any organizations um, that you think, hey, veterans or folks that want to give back to their community should get involved, write a check or uh, volunteer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wasn't expecting that, but I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So without a doubt, Veterati. They do great. Um, you know, American Corporate Partners, they do great too. I mean, it's fantastic that you have the COO of a Fortune 100 who will pick up the phone and talk to an E3 and give him leadership advice for 15 minutes, you know, in the evening. And I, I answer every one of those emails that comes in, you know, as, as, as best I can. If you had to cut a check, yeah, I would say it, it, it is to probably four block. I've seen incredible returns in that. Um, in the time I've been, you know, we're all volunteers. They have a permanent staff of about six people who get paid, um, but it's uh, in, you know, not well. I mean, it's all volunteer based. But the number of of inboxes I have, LinkedIn's and texts, texts 
that I've received from oh you know oh sevens down to e ones that say thank you so much for for you know connecting with three of your buddies two of them you know at Deloitte one of them got me a job there thanks for spending an extra twenty minutes on a Friday night reviewing my resume and man you know we're all part of a small tribe um, and you know if we don't keep pulling each other forward our tribe is going to have to disband and you know I mean being figurative there because it's not true but 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 we cannot go back to the world where you get out of the service everyone says all right thanks go back to the world you know we need we need that bridge and so skill bridge and a lot of great programs out there are really helping carry us along but but it's on us the onus is on us veterans to keep pulling it along and showing the value so that a lot of stigmas go away and i think we've done a good job with that but we really need to make it so that when when outsiders look at us they know our story they know we're just people they know we're here to help sure we took a detour we did something different but um, yeah, we need these VSOs, these veteran service organizations to really help us polish that and get that story told right. Last comment here, and then I'll be quiet. I always say like, you know, I'll look at resumes for some high-speed captain right out of the 82nd Fort Bragg. He's hula hula high and tight. He looks good, man. But I read his stuff and it's, uh, uh, it's I'm in charge of $35 million in gear and 220 soldiers. And I'm like, that's great. I get it. Because in the army, we tell that big story and we beat our chest about what we've done. But if I'm the HR person at a company, I'm like, all right, this dude's 26 and he's in charge of 220 people and $7 million, whatever the number I made up is. Like they have people that have been there 40 years who don't even manage one, eight people. So either this kid's full of shit or he should be the CEO and he should be telling Elon Musk to wow. you know, get him off. <laughs> so we need to make sure, but that's not true because he's done all those things, but we need to tell that story right. So when the HR person reads that, they don't think he's full of crap and we have no place for him and they appreciate and understand what he's done. So we, he or she, of course, but you know, we've got to work on really filtering that. So we get the story right to tell what veterans did or what, what we did in the service. And so that we market that value to the commercial sector, but us veterans who are now out there in the real world, we have to reach down to our little brothers and sisters and say, Hey, 220 people. That's a lot of people. Are you sure it wasn't four platoon leaders and XO and a first sergeant? Cause that sounds a little more accurate than you were in stack and every every fire team that cleared a house, you know? So uh, yeah, it's on us. And so once those of us who've made it, we need to donate so that that infrastructure can be in place through the nonprofits and the veteran service organizations. And then the three of us here and everybody listening and all of our friends, we need to be the ones that are helping, you know, tinker and massage that so that our, our the guys and girls who come behind us get the same opportunity we have or that we want. Well, Dave, you know, Shalom always asks, who do you want to give a shout out to? And, and I, I just want to give a shout out to you because your arms must be tired from trying to pull me forward <laughs> all, the, all the years. Hey, Dave, what about this company? What about this company? I got you, man. I got you. And, and I just want to say that the, in, in the veteran hiring space, there's, there's flag waivers <laughs> and, and, and companies. There's flag waivers and authentic people who really, really answer the mail, answer the email, get back to people, follow up and, and connect with resources. And it's been my privilege to know you and to to call you my friend and, and have no have you as a resource and, and and a colleague who who actually answers the mail and actually really delivers and great things happening for you. More great things are going to happen for you when you uh, apply to Kellogg, I'm sure, and out of Kellogg. And uh, I'm just excited to see all the things that happen to Dave as uh, you move forward, man. Wow, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. I uh, yeah, I feel feel the same way. It's very mutual about you too. So thank you. Oh, this has been fun. Um, Dave, really, really thank you for all that you continue to do. And thanks for joining us and being an inspiration. And um, hey, it's got to feel good for that, uh, for that uh, 
young private snuffy uh, Dave Rader to now have have these two stars coming in saying, "Hey, sir," all that good stuff. So it's got to be fun. But uh, you you earned every bit of it. Your hard work has paid off, and and uh, as Angel said, excited to uh, to to bring you back and continue because I'm I'm so confident you're going to continue to uh, to continue to serve. So. We will call that a wrap. We have another great conversation uh, next week. Uh, we are doing it on MLK Day, and um, so Angel, let's uh, let's talk about that episode twenty nine. Brandon, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about Brandon Marty is the CEO of uh, Veteran Roasters, fable, uh, former naval aviator, uh, flew helos for the Navy. I think he and I were on the same ship together got out, found each other in the city of Chicago, and uh, we're like, hey, man, I know you. I know you. And here we are in Chicago, and he literally hires people, uh, homeless veterans, and gives them uh, a job in his roaster, um, making a real decent wage. And the place is just going in uh, uh, amazing places and a large project coming up. Excited to have uh, uh, Brandon on because he's just a, like Dave, he's just a good dude. <laughs> So excited for it. That, that'll be awesome. So make sure, again, wherever you're watching, listening, make sure you're clicking subscribe, rate, review, and share. Share, share, share. Share. Um, and we are, we are posting this all over on LinkedIn, so you can connect with any of us on LinkedIn, as Angel said before. Um, we want this to be a conversation. Um, so get in touch with us, share your comments, share your questions, and we can bring it up in future conversations. So that'll be a wrap. Episode 28 of We All Serve. Thank you, Dave Rader, for joining us on the uh on the pod and uh angel brother i look forward to seeing you next week be safe